Hey, 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 guys. Welcome, sweet mates, to another Her, Her Sweet Spot Lunch and Learn. Today, we're going to be talking about how you should be seeking and what you should do to prepare yourself to get access to funding. I'm Marsha Guerriere, founder of Her Sweet Spot, and I'm excited to be talking to you all today about this very important topic and really getting you prepared to get access to funding. So many of you come to me and to Her Sweet Spot seeking that HerRise micro grant that we are so fortunate to be able to distribute to a woman each month. You get $500 each month. If you are um, growing or starting a business, this is where you want to get the information that's going to help you get access to funding and or prepare you to start thinking about your business as if it was the next greatest unicorn, right? So let's get into discussing exactly how and what you should do to prepare yourself to get funding. Now, I have been so fortunate enough to get funded and have funding for my business that it has been something that I've been truly, uh, um, you know, really happy to have gone through in a lot of the ways of crowdfunding, sponsorship, and the old famous bootstrapping. Let me know in the chat where you are streaming from, if you're watching us on Facebook, if you're watching us on um, the Her, Rot, Her Sweet Spot app and website, um, or just on YouTube as we um, direct traffic to and through YouTube. So let's get into what you're going to learn today for getting access to funding. Today's objective will describe the resources available to entrepreneurs to start their businesses, right? And most of it, you won't be shocked to know. We're going to compare and contrast sources of financing from startup um, ventures, and we're going to describe the importance of financial planning, which is something not very many entrepreneurs or brand new entrepreneurs or those people that are really just um, starting out. Hey, Facebook fans, um, you know, we, we are uh, here and unable to see uh, the names of the folks just through this great app we're using StreamYard. So, Type in your name, where you're, what state you're in, and uh, let's get started. All right, guys. So, did you know what stage your business is in, or do you know what stage your business is in when it comes to the terms and the conversations that are surrounding um, getting access to funding? You know, do you? Hey, Dr. Shelley from Kansas. Thank you for dropping in on us here. Um, what you are asking for when you're looking for funding and when exactly to ask for it. Some people think that asking for funding for their business should, should happen always at the idea stage. And most funders, most people, they're not really looking to, the truth is not a lot of people giving out money want to do it at the the um, idea phase because it that's the phase where the risk is the highest. So people with, with money want to make money and they want to make money with a little bit less risk. So 
oftentimes I hear from a lot of startup and a lot of, you know, black women that we don't get access to funding and it's true. Um, but there are other ways and means to to get it, right? Did you know, fun fact number one, you're going to learn a lot of fun facts here. Uh, you don't need to be rich to start a small business. I think we all know that now because of who we are and what we've done and what we're bringing to the marketplace, right? When you think about yourself, are you a small business or are you a startup? You hear the word startup, you hear the word founder versus owner versus CEO, there are a lot of terms that are being thrown about, and really a lot of it comes from different industries that may um, have, you know, coined these terms uh, a little bit more readily, right? Both develop a product or a service that the founder, whether you're the owner or founder, wish to bring to market. The difference in it oftentimes is the mindset and the actions taking in the life cycle of the business. Small businesses, the mindset is truly about, sometimes, not always, is truly about um, paying the bills at the end of the week, paying the bills at the end of the month, making sure that we have enough to cover the operation of the small business, including salaries and paying yourself, right? And oftentimes startups, you know, they're looking at a bigger picture, right? Small businesses are mainstream businesses and primarily focused on money. How much can I make in my business? Startups want to change the world. That's also the, the sentiment for entrepreneurship versus small business owner, right? Entrepreneurs and, and startup companies, they want to change the industry that they're dominating. They want to be the next unicorn in their sector, right? Founders are focused on great products that change consumer behavior. They're usually obsessed with their market, with their industry, and bringing forth change in a way that small businesses just want to operate on a day, daily, day-to-day -day business. In the chat, let me know what do you consider yourself? Do you consider yourself a small business owner and a startup? And the great thing is that we're going to learn you can be both. There is nothing wrong with starting your entrepreneurial career with a small business, which is how most of us, people of color, underrepresented, people that don't have entrepreneurs in our lives growing up and, and in our upbringing, we usually start as side hustlers, small business um, um, operators, right? And that's how we enter the market space and the market to become great entrepreneurs that you are all are and becoming. Most people start off as a small business. As the business grows, they develop a startup mindset and start to operate their business in a way that is now more startup-like, right? From within. Establishing a successful small business can build credibility and networks through the business community that will be valuable when you're launching a startup that requires outside angel and VC investments. Now, when you talk about the outside angel and venture capital investing world. Angels are private individuals that uh, offer money to certain sectors of businesses, certain um, um, 
companies to help fund their businesses and their ideas. Venture capitalists are generally pools of people that bring their money together and it's run and managed by a person or a group of people that selectively pick um, companies to invest in. There is a slight difference in how, not a slight difference, but a huge difference in how the two operate. Where do you see yourself? Where you see yourself depends on what life cycle you're in in your business. So again, when you're first coming out the gate, you're probably considering yourself just a small business and you're really just trying to get that credibility and build upon that network so that you can move into the phase of being a startup and start talking in the language that um, angels and VCs want to hear. Dr. Shelley says she is um, she has diversity telehealth, is both a small business and a startup. Absolutely. And we'll talk about some of what all of that may mean in a little bit right? What is, is the business life cycle? For any business, no matter what industry you're going in, it's important to know all of these things before you can consider yourself ready and prepared to start seeking funding. Because these are the questions you'll be asked. These are the things that anyone offering you money would like you to know. Even myself, when I am um, working with individuals, um, reading pitches, re uh, um, looking through the grant applications, we look to see what life cycle you're in and how well you know your business and your market and really truly if the idea is going to um, sustain. Even though we, we're giving a $500 seed, uh, we're planting a seed for you to begin to develop the hope so that you can continue and grow. Here are the life cycles. You're in the development stage. You're gonna take the idea, you're gonna develop it. And through the development stage, trust and believe me, you can stay in that stage for a very long time. There is no set amount of time. Don't be fooled by the overnight sensations that you see coming out with their businesses and they go viral or you know, you're just seeing them for the first time, but you really don't know what that founder has been doing behind the scenes or before that big break where you get to meet them and you're introduced to that business, right? The startup phase is that phase where you're you're kind of like, should I do this or should I not? It's usually the phase that makes you the most scared because you feel the break coming through, the growth and the expansion is on its way. And trust and believe that phase is generally the hardest phase you can um, sit in within your business because it will test you to see how strong you are in and your ideas, how viable it is to the market space as you begin to grow. The expansion phase um, the growth phase, as you know, is the phase where you're actually growing and you see the um, fruits of your labor a lot more. Then you have the expansion phase and the maturity phase. And oftentimes, the maturity phase, if you are, um, if you have a goal to be acquired or to have that exit where your business is bought 
by a huge conglomerate like an Amazon or like a like a, another healthcare system, then um, the maturity stage is where you want to drive your business to. Let's talk about some of the stages, right? The development life cycle. This is the very beginning. You know, you birth that idea and you you really uh, um, probably spend too much time belaboring over it, right? And trying to get it right before you bring it to market. And usually that's not what you should do. You should think of putting it out there, right? This stage will require a round of testing and, and it really bring, bringing you to a phase of, am I going to do this? Does the market want this, right? You have to conduct research regarding your industry and you got to gather feedback from your friends, your family, colleagues, and that initial level of customers. It's always good to start with friends, family, and colleagues, but it's really most important for you to tap into a network of industry specialists. And I know you're thinking, but wouldn't that be my competition? Yeah, it might be. It could be. But remember that life cycle, they're at a different stage. You know, we, we look at competitors from a B2B business to business standpoint, and they're doing what we're doing, but every business is at a different phase. Customer acquisition comes in different phases as well. And so your network and your community, the environment you build will be very different from your competitors. So it's really important that you do if you are fortunate enough to really seek and, and look for industry specialists that have surpassed where you are in your development life cycle, right? In this phase, you want to determine whether the business idea that you had is worth pursuing. And if so, will it really birth your new business? Will it help you grow into a startup business where um, you hiring many people? How will it change the marketplace? How will it change really the, the industry that you are trying to break into? Those are some key points that you should really be thinking about in the beginning as you are birthing these ideas. Because at the end of the day, when you're going for funding, when you're trying to grow and expand your business into higher markets, these are the questions that angels, VCs, and even your friends and family, when you reach out to them at that stage for funding, will ask you. They want People want to know. In the, in the day of the shark tanks, people know what to ask now when it comes to what people are doing inside of their business. Entrepreneurship is no longer a dirty little secret that we have to hide anymore, right? We can be proud of being entrepreneurs. What are the challenges within the development life cycle phase? Your business idea, is it profitable? Is it going to be profitable at this stage? Probably not, right? Probably not. And that's why planning and financial planning is a huge part of the business development stage of your business. Knowing what is going to take to build your business, to get it to a profitability stage is key to making the profit. Doing the front work is key to understanding if this is a viable business, right? 
the, another challenge is market acceptance. Is it, to me, there's no such industry that's oversaturated. It's how you bring it to market. It's how, what makes you so unique and so exciting and thrilling, your messaging that really changes the landscape of acceptability into your market. There's going to be a thousand and one shades of red lipstick and there are millions of cosmetic. Did Rihanna say, oh, I'm not going to do Fenty because we got MAC, we got NARS, we got this, we got that. No, she came out with Fenty and she made that business so wildly successful, not just because of her brand and her own personal um, notoriety, but she made it so that it came out with shades for every skin tone within the African-American or people of color community. And she bought that message in her marketing from day one. So you understood the assignment. You understood her unique factor from the very beginning. And that's what made her become so accepted so fast, not just because she's the famous Rihanna. Um, another challenge is establishing business structure. Very often, most of the solopreneurs that I work with and that are inside of her sweet spot have um, difficulty with this part because we're doing it all alone. We are the ones that are doing marketing, um, social media, sales pitching and calls, graphics and, and videos, and we're the ones doing everything within our business so stopping to establish a business structure in terms of legalizing your business, where are, is your business formed? If you are um, heavily researching the venture capitalist space, there, there are more desirable states in which you should be forming your corporation or your LLC, right? Look at tax laws, understand and make sure you have the proper teams in place, whether they're, they're consultant-based or you hire them for one consultation, but that's going to be your go-to attorney. That's going to be your go-to accountant for questions when it comes to those things, right? And your accounting management, as I mentioned, the financial planning is usually one of the biggest challenges we face in this phase. In this phase, what types of financing is usually available to you. Remember, the idea phase is not a phase where you're going to be, oh my God, so wildly noticed and or accepted into the world of funding, right? And so your options are somewhat limited to self-funding. Many entrepreneurs fund their businesses themselves and some um, you, you've recently heard of, I believe MailChimp, that was 100% 100% self-funded and just was sold, I think, for a billion dollars, but was self-funded for its entire life cycle of business. They were doing something right, right? They use savings or personal debt, such as a second mortgage, if you're so fortunate, and credit cards, right? Alternatively, you sell assets to generate cash, um, like a second home or a boat, if you should have it. And I know inside her sweet spot, we're not dripping in homes and boats like that. And so for us, it's really about what? 
the silent partner, which is your employer. Working a full-time job is the number one way most entrepreneurs fund their businesses through self-funding and or creating products that kind of funnel itself back into the business without taking a salary from the very beginning. Another great way in this phase is to get a partner. I mentioned my silent partner, and most of you all have silent partners as well, which is your employer. Your employer and your salary, when you financially plan on how and what you need, you'll be able to dip into your paycheck in order to support your business's operating expenses until the time of the business being self-sufficient and then getting to that profitability stage. Taking on a partner can be a source of funding. Uh, the partner may or may not become an employee of the business long-term, but it could just be a financial partner. A strategic partner can benefit the business by aligning resources, right? Who, who could be your partner? Someone that has a network, a built-in network, something that will get you to getting in the right spaces at the right times, making the proper introductions for you when you get to the phase of really needing um, outside capital, right? So going into partnerships, you know, I get, I get all the time I'm working with a team of seven um, uh, business owners. And I said to them, Are, have you guys thought of taking on a partner or, you know, venture capital? And they said, no, because it's already seven of us. And uh, 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 what, from nothing, from nothing, from nothing to split, what, we can't bring in a new partner. And my question was, if it's the right partner that will bring in the resources that all seven of you lack, right? What 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 can that partner bring in that's going to make you go from a simple six-figure business to a seven and eight-figure business? Now you have that much more profit to split, right? So it's important that you really understand the benefits of bringing on a partner, do a SWOT analysis, which is one of my favorite things to do so that you fully understand where your strengths and your weaknesses are, the opportunities and how you can actually um, begin to seek the right partner that will balance what you, you, you need inside your business. Yes, net, um, network of customers, um, additional funding are key inside of the development phase. Fun fact number two, you will always contribute finance, financially to your business at almost at every stage, right? Especially within growth stages, you will take back, even if you're paying yourself a salary and the, the business is profitable to the point that you get paid a salary, eventually you will need to reinvest and contribute to the expansion phase, to the next phase, to the growth phase, because your business is always going to need that much more capital in order for you to expand, right? Expanded opportunities, absolutely. All right, let's talk about the startup life cycle phase. This is the phase where you're actually like hitting the ground running and your minimum vi value product or viable product, MVP, they, there's a whole nother word um, acronym for MVP um, everywhere out there, depending on who you're talking to. 
but the MVP is that minimum viable product that you could bring to the marketplace that will serve uh, uh, your industry and give you the feedback that you need in order for you to um, um, make an impact, right? Get the green light and now made your business entity legal, right? This is the phase where you're fully legit. You got that uh, um, all legal stuff done. You have your, your bank accounts now and you've started to do some business and you're getting what they call the traction and you're understanding what your market is looking for. Right, you can finish developing your product or service in this phase and begin marketing and selling. In this phase, trust and believe is when you can make the changes, when you will adopt new ideas. You might have to go backwards and say, oh my God, I've been doing this wrong. I've been looking at it wrong. Because as you begin to um, enter the marketplace, you're gonna improve your product or service according to that initial feedback. And that's why I say it's, it's never waiting till the product becomes fully what you think fully baked before you bring it out to the marketplace. Learn and adjust your business model to ensure that profitability. It takes our, uh, us as solopreneurs, as small business operators, and especially for um, service-based providers, it really takes us a longer time to break through that because we're, we're not getting the traction we thought. Maybe we're not selling as um, fast as we anticipated. So because of fear and nerves, we think that what we're doing is not the right thing or, or, or good thing. But the truth is we're not listening and we're not taking in feedback. And so getting feedback is very important at this startup phase. Some of the challenges is that your managing cash reserves are usually low, right? Managing sales expectations, as I just mentioned, uh, are, are usually not aligned with where, where it should be with the amount of effort that you're putting out. Your accounting management, again, can be a little bit um, off balance if you're not properly documenting cash flow, right? Your operating expense versus your, um, your, 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 your revenue. You're not establishing a customer base that is a repeat customer base or that is a referral customer base. Another challenge here is establishing that market presence. Again, as solopreneurs, we're so fixated on um, the wrong things because we're coming from that silent partner, corporate America. And we are so used to our corporate America life, our workplace already in place with systems and strategies that are developed way before you got into the job, right? Work before you got into the marketplace, working at this in this industry and in this company, and they hand you over a job and all of the, um, the systems are beautifully in place for you. So we think that as a small business operator, especially service-based providers, that we should operate at that level. And that's not the case. The case is that you are doing many things. You're wearing many hats. And finding the right um, consultants and or the right uh, people that will come in and wear all of these hats to allow you to do the thing you do best is important. 
oftentimes we're not taking care of the business end of our businesses, which ultimately um, causes us to have um, uh, small business fatigue and burnout. And our viewpoint about expectations for sales and marketing tends to get a little bit skewed because of that, when we're wearing too many hats and not getting outside help and um, advice. Here are some of the um, fin financing that happens in this startup phase. Bootstrapping, again, we, we you hear that term um, oftentimes being said, and it's really the business funding itself. As the business grows, it throws off cash that enables further growth. It's really helping you reinvest funds back into the organization where you can use those funds to do things like hire outside consultants to help you with things like the finances, the marketing, the digital aspects. So bootstrapping is a key component for many solopreneurs to, and but it has to be done right. It has to be done effectively where you're organized with your accounting services. Friends and family, obviously friends and family can provide either equity or you can provide them with equity or debt funding. But while they may initially seem like a good source, be careful about selling parts of your business to this group of people because honestly, they're going to hold the most highest expectations of you um, because they don't know the nature of business as well as you do or as well as maybe an angel or um, a VC. And oftentimes they can't help support the business. They're just putting money into it and expecting a return, an unrealistic return oftentimes at a faster pace than um people within the entrepreneurship and business sectors that will understand the trajectory of funding and, and how equity and debt funding works. So while it is a very good option at times, if you have friends and family with that type of um, capital, but it's oftentimes like the sketchiest. Um, to be honest, I have funded um, my family has supported me in many ways, but I do it in a non-equity um, giving way. I do it as a service. You can offer them swag. You can offer them rewards for um, supporting you financially. And a great way to do that is through crowdfunding. There, there are several ways for you to do crowdfunding. Crowdfunding, um, these are primarily web-based projects that allow individuals with a business or idea or simply just a project, a one-time project to reach out to thousands, depending on the platform you're using, of potential investors through various platforms. Um, investments can be debt, equity, or rewards-based. So I would always recommend if you're starting out with crowdfunding, you first seek and test your skills as a crowdfunder um, through rewards-based crowdfunding. I have done crowdfunding, um, rewards-based crowdfunding, and, and it, it can be very rewarding, but it's a lot of work. At 
when you get into this phase of now seeking funding from outside sources, when they tell you have your business plan in place, it's not a joke. Have a great understanding of what your business plans are. Have a high level understanding of where and what you will do with the money you're asking for. Prepare what your marketing plan will be for the business for the next year to two to three to four years, five years if you can, right? It's important to have a marketing plan in place and a financial plan for most people and a good story. They're truly, it starts with the story. It starts with the reason why you started your business. It starts with the understanding of how unique and special your business is to your industry and to your marketplace. And when you know all of these pieces and you have all of this information together, this is what's going to truly help convert people into supporting your crowdfunding campaign. Right. It's important to have a network when you start a crowdfunding campaign. I have been involved with several different campaigns. I've purchased and invested in equity based um, campaigns uh, through crowdfunding um, sources. And trust me, it can be a lot of hard work. It is the same amount of work that you need to do at the VC level in understanding your business planning and understanding people want to know and trust that you are a good bet because investing in any small business is just another form of betting, right? There is no assurity for anyone in this day and age and markets going up and going down and social media and technology changing so quickly. There's no such thing as a sure bet, right? So it's important when people are seeking to give you their money, they want to know that you have thought through the marketing, the sales strategy, how you're going to acquire your customers, how well versed you are in your industry. How much do you know? What makes your product unique and special? And it doesn't take a lot. No one reinvented the wheel and put spokes in it and was no one did that but maybe they made the rubber you know the threads go one way the threads go a different way right the cuts are, are made a little different with every brand but every wheel operates the same way so don't think that oh my god everybody says and Marsha says that you got to be so unique what are you, how are you changing the world it just takes one tweak it just takes one change for you to make an impact in whatever industry you are trying to dominate. Uh, Dr. Shelley says, um, wonderful information. Thank you. I have to jump off now. Okay, Dr. Shelley, hope you can catch the replay. Come on back and catch the replay inside of her sweet spot on our website in our um, learning lab. So let's talk a little bit about the growth phase of the business life cycle, right? Your product is in the market and you are turning a, a um, um, product service or hand over fist. The business is consistently generating revenue and adding new customers. 
In this phase, recurring revenue will help you pay for your operating expenses and open up new business opportunities. At this point, you no longer probably have to go chasing too many new customers. You're attracting new customers. And that's the difference. You want to get to a phase where you're attracting new customers, attracting new customers through uh, um, referrals, through your marketing. You want that's how you know you have gotten, you know, when the first time when I always tell this joke, when I got my first customer that I never knew before and it wasn't a person I knew personally, I knew that's when I made it. Oh, Lord, somebody bought and I don't know them. Right. Because, you, you know, in the beginning, you're talking to the audience, you know, you're connecting socially and through different avenues and channels through your existing network. And the minute you get that first client or that first sale completely organically, it will blow your mind. And it probably has already for many of you watching right now. And you're like, yup, that was the that was the defining moment for me when I, I got it. I got it, right? Your business could be operating at a net loss or maintaining a healthy profit in this phase. There is no right or wrong way, right? Growth in new customer acquisition could be going up and you could still be at a net loss you watch the shows you watch the the um the the shark tanks the profits customers are repeating and they're still coming in the door but businesses for some reason because they're not cash uh, um, um flow positive they're running at a net loss and that's when you're looking for the venture capital to give you that seed money so you could get it together, right? So that you can have inventory, so that you can have and hire the right people that will expand the operations even further, right? This phase is time to fine tune your business model and implement proven methodologies, that sales model that takes things to the next level, the marketing model that takes things to the next level, we all start at the levels that we could afford in the very beginning. Don't feel like you need to be paying $15,000, $20,000 to a marketing agency in your startup. You don't need to do that at the very beginning in the development phase, right? In that startup phase, work on consultants per hour, budget it's usually 10% of what you're looking to make or what you currently make that you should be spending on um, those types of marketing, right? Um, operation models before expanding your, um, your venture for the mass market, for that retail space, for um, doing business with government entities, for going into larger scale markets. This is the phase the growth phase where you want to start fine-tuning and refining things. And like with anything, there are challenges in the growth life cycle. Let's talk about the, the challenges. I remember that I, it felt amazing. Um, somebody on Facebook says, um, referring to the first time someone you didn't know bought what you were selling amazing feeling, right? So within the growth phase, here are some of the challenges that, that you will face in this phase. 
dealing with increasing revenue. That's a challenge. Believe it or not, dealing with increasing customers. Because at this point, you got more money to manage. You got more customers to service, right? And what does that mean? You need more staff. Are you training more staff? Are you prepared in your operations to bring that in? All of these things are needed in order for you to attract the right partnerships for your funding. Do you have proper accounting management? Is your um, um, management uh, uh, of people effective, right? And your market competition. Now, remember what I said in the beginning, when you're starting out and you're looking at your industry specialists and competitors and seeking them as uh, um, guidance and mentors possibly, they're not your competition. But in the growth phase, as you get closer to them, as you climb in that space of um, recognition, credibility, and you're getting more clients and customers, these people that were once your mentors are now truly your competitors, right? They're watching you, watching them. They're watching you, watching them, right? And most of the time, they're going to cheer you on. They're going to be excited for your growth and your expansion, and they're paying attention so that they know how they need to move in this space as well, right? So it's important for you to know the stage you're at in your life cycle. And in the growth cycle, here are the types of financing you generally find. Angel investors, you know, we talked about the people are typically affluent individuals with money, disposable income, earning personally over 200,000 or such, willing to invest in businesses. Increasingly, angel investors are forming investment groups to spread risk and to pool research. And that's just on the slight, um, the cusp of being a venture capitalist when you start pooling your money together in order to um, better support small businesses. And what I love about the time that we're living in right now Many angels and vent and VCs are are but you have to find them are very interested in supporting women of color and people of color entrepreneurs and their ideas. They're understanding and they're seeing that we have ideas that could take us to great um, revenue potentials. And so, if you align your business and you build the brand and the unique factor that makes your product or service that much better than your competitors, you will be on the right track to attracting venture capitalists. And it's important to put yourself in these spaces where these people hang out. Even before you get to this growth phase, well before you get to this growth phase, way well, you should be from the very idea phase, start putting yourself in spaces where these people are found. Let them know who you are from the early stage and let them marvel at your success. Let them marvel at watching you move. They will call you before you call them. I just spoke to someone um, via email, uh, Larry. He just, uh, we were talking back and forth. You might've met Larry at this year's conference and last year's conference, he taught some classes for us. He's the founder of Citable, um, a web-based um, website building, web design building platform. And Larry just got 
just got funded by VC. So he's like, Marsha, I got no time to talk anymore because, you know, I got that devil money. Because when you go into the next level, when you're in the growth phase, the stress also grows. Everything grows in the growth phase. Your gray hairs, your stress, because now you have a bigger responsibility to not only make money to fund the small business and the small operation you were working with, right? But you now have a responsibility to make money, not just for yourself, but for your funders. This phase is where it truly gets fun, right? At that startup phase, and, and you, you get those nerves, is it right, is it wrong? And then now here at the growth phase, as you start to begin to attract people who are watching you, this is where it gets interesting. Um, this is another phase, if you haven't recently thought of bringing in a partner, this is a phase where a partner can come in, give you a poor, um, some, some um, funding for a portion of the business, they will bring in their expertise, usually someone that's a strategic partner. Again, aligning with the resources that you need, splitting between your strengths and your weaknesses and forming together to make an amazing partnership. Someone who has um, history in maybe doing business or in your industry and can really um, open up some great doors for you. This is a great phase for you to do to find a partner. Fun fact number three, funders don't fund unless they benefit. They're not giving you money unless it's a benefit for them. That's just a fact. Who does that? Who would do that, right? When you are out here and we have, uh, um, we give out grants, we're not seeking equity, that's one thing. But when you're looking for large sums of money from investors, they want to know what's in it for them. So let's talk about the expansion phase. The expansion phase is where your growth generally speeds beyond what you could imagine, right? Your business is thriving and you've established your presence in your industry. You can expand and spread your roots into new markets and distribution channels. And that's when you can take your small business, your product, and, and go outside of that, um, the box that you put, you, you created for yourself in the very beginning, right? You will need to capture a larger market share and find new revenue. And in this phase, that's when you start sweating, right? That's when you start saying to yourself, holy moly, I got people to fund. I got people to, to um, uh, give share profits with. And now I need to expand. Now I need to take my business uh, beyond my local area, beyond my state, nationally, even perhaps internationally. And this is where you're going to start to build on that. And trust me, people say, what are the things I do differently from one stage to the next? It's still marketing. I got to market at every stage, but it's how you market and who you market to that makes a difference within each stage of the life cycle for your business. And which is what is going to get you and break you through every stage and get you closer to your funding goals. So like we said in every stage, there are challenges. Here you're um, increasing your market competition because again, you're getting to that place where you know 
people who made it are hanging out and the competition is a lot more fierce. It may be less people in the market, but the competition is even tighter and you have to be that much more special, right? Because when you get to a certain level, you really have to make your mark stick, right? Ensuring that your accounting management is still on point, most especially in this phase, because in this phase is, again, you're more likely having to give out more um, equity in your business. You're moving into new markets. So have you shifted your um, product or service to adopt the behaviors of the new market? You're going to have to shift the way you think about your business. If you're moving into a new market that is a new, maybe has a new culture, differences in, in, in culture, differences in lifestyle, it's important that now all the efforts, it, it's not going to go away because you still have those clients to service at those in those pre-existing markets. You can't ignore those people either just because you are moving to new heights, right? You have to maintain for those people in those markets. You know, you've, you, you've seen and you have your consumer, you've consumed things and uh, your favorite um, your favorite product has changed its ingredient because it's servicing a new market and that pisses you off and you lose them or you, you drop them. That's the type of thing and that's the type of analysis you'll be doing in this expansion phase. As you enter new markets and as you add and remove things from your product or service line, how is it going to affect your existing customers, right? Or how can you take existing customers and help them see that your new product and services is actually, you're, you're competing against yourself, is actually what they should need, right? Without making your previous product or service seem like it wasn't viable, right? These are all things that happen in the expansion phase and something to think about. If you're in the expansion phase, please holler at me. Let me know what phase and what life cycle you believe you're in. So here are the fundings that happen in the expansion phase. And again, no matter the size of your business, everything is relative. We're not talking um, you have to be in the millions, millions, millions to be in expansion phase. But your small business could be in, in, at a point where you need a small business lender because you're expanding so rapidly, even for your two-man business, that you need funding. And some people even skip all of those other funding sources we talked about in the other life cycles and go straight to some of these options you have in your expansion life cycle. Many organizations are interested in lending to small businesses, particularly in this day and age, to Black women and Black small business owners. Most lenders will want the loan to be secured by your assets or some type of some type, and rates may be a little higher. So it's important that you really do your research and understand the lender's um, uh, um, requests. SBA loans are, you know, some of the greatest sources of loans. The rates are a lot more um, affordable if you can get yourself a small business administration loan. They have many programs that could fit. And 
as of late, because of all the things that happened last year with um, PPP and EIDL and, and COVID recovery funding, um, they've relaxed and, and made it a lot, a little bit more easy for true small businesses to get access to funding through the SBA and through um, the government programs. And banks are that final place where you could go. Um, I tend to really love credit unions because you tend to usually form really great relationships with credit unions because that's more of a local or um, community type of banking system. Traditional banks make small business loans as well. Um, however, they typically require track record. You got to jump through a lot of hoops typically, except when you do what? Have a relationship with the bank. It's important when you start your small business, you actually open an account with a bank where you get to know the bank manager. My bank manager is a credit union and we have a great relationship. They even sponsor her sweet spot programming from time to time, which is what you want in a partnership with your bank. So it's important, again, that you look for all of these options and build relationships that will help you with your funding. And the final stage is the maturity stage. This is where the big picture comes to fruition. Your business is at the top of the industry and it's matured so that it could be the next Amazon. Your business has um, demonstrated presence in, in its market and it's in your industry. Um, it could still be growing at every phase, we're always growing. Look at Oprah. Did you think she had more room to grow in her business? But she took her business from the little studio in Chicago. It was big then, but then when you look at it now, you go, oh, that little studio Oprah had in Chicago. And now she's a mega, mega. She has a whole network. She went from a little studio in Chicago to a network, right? And then she took that where? Digitally. She's doing work with Apple. She's doing work all over the world. Every level you are at has an expansion. It's important that you remember that and know that there is no ceiling for you. It's for you to reach your height and break it and get past it, right? Your current option is to decide to take a step back towards the expansion stage or to think of a possible exit strategy. For me, I've worked with a lot of startups that have gotten to that holy place of exit strategy. That is selling your business to a more, um, it doesn't even have to be a more viable business. It could be just anyone who wants to take your business and possibly merge it with their existing business and grow it, right? And or Put it away because you were some fierce competition. I've seen that happen too. They buy your business just to close you out. And, and you know, it's up to you to decide if that's what you want. That is the an acceptable exit strategy for you and your business. Here are the challenges that we see. Very similar to almost every other, other life cycle, right? Your increasing market competition is only going to get tighter. Your accounting management has to be that much more fierce. Um, you move into those new markets in this stage again um, uh, um, at an institutional level, probably, right? 
you're adding and you're continuing to add new products, you're expanding your existing business and the challenge of actually getting to that exit. It, it is not as easy as um, people make it look on um, TV. And in this phase is that venture capital. When people get into the venture capital, when you see those deals on Shark Tank, and if you watch Shark Tank the way I do, because I love it, you'll often hear them say um, how exciting it is. Wait till um, um, Procter & Gamble buys us, right? I'm going to get you that deal. We're going to get our millions and get that exit strategy. That's what venture capital can do for you. It can help you grow and build the business to the point where you get to that exit, right? These firms provide early stage funding, but are typically looking to make relatively large investments and take a significant amount of shares, your equity of your company, often often um, controlling interest. Nowadays, you do find a lot of hands-off type VC, but if they believe in your, your product, if they believe in what you have to offer, then they will certainly be there to, um, to support you and get you to the next level and ultimately that um, um, exit strategy. So the last fun fact for today is that banks and credit unions are the main source of business funding. We know now that that is not true. They're not the main source. Crowdfunding, equity-based crowdfunding has truly, truly uh, um, surpassed so much of that, that many people are turning to those more non-traditional ways to fund their business. But what it takes that's different from the banks and the credit union is really you crafting a story and a message that shares why you are um, so special and unique. What are some of the things and types of businesses that usually and typically get funded, right? Scalable businesses, businesses where they can see that the um, there is opportunity to reach new markets because reaching new markets is where the difference in um, your life cycle will be. Is your, if you're, you started selling out, you know, we, we deal with a lot of women and women of color. Can your business now service beyond that initial group of people that you thought you would only be servicing? Where are the new markets? So is it scalable in that sense, right? Our, your management team speaks volumes for your growth. Do you have the right people in place that will take you to the next level? Do you have experienced, knowledgeable, skilled, hardworking people that's working with you to help get you to the next level? Is your market growing, right? If your market is not a market that has a steady growth uh, uh, rate, um, then why would anybody want to invest in you? That That's a risk that will definitely not show up, right? Um, is there proprietary and defensible technology? Technology, y'all know, is the number one thing being funded today. And technology, not just being some big uh, um, financial technology system, but we see when you look at what Amazon has was and what it's become, what Etsy was and what it has become, 
technology businesses start off as simple websites. Websites that could develop communities, websites that enable um, e-commerce of, um, of different sources, niching down to a specific product or industry type. This is These are areas where people often think that their t-shirt business or, or, or you know, um, uh, um, product swapping business is not technology. It is technology based. Um, profitable economic model is, is it profitable? Is the model that you're serving going to take you to the next level? And as we get down to the final um, area that we want to talk about, the clear exit potential. Is it there? Right? So as we wind down, we're at the top of the hour. Here's something I want you to remember. Always be prepared. Do your homework. There is nothing that's, there, there is no way for you to get to your next level unless you do your homework. You want to attract investors. Know what they care about. Know what they care to know about your industry, not what you want them to know. Understand those key points in what uh, um, information you need to pull together to, to deliver. They care about who's on your team that's going to take you to the promised land, who's helping you make money, how are you going to do it, what channels are you going to do it, and how are you going to use the money important things to pull together as you begin to think about what uh, um, investors are looking for and you get closer to the life cycle of, um, uh, of getting money. So most importantly, here's six things I want you to, be rem to remember. Never hide behind technology. Use it to advance and enhance what you already have. Investors want to meet you first your product or service lasts. It's the story that brings them in and it's the product or service, that unique factor that you bring to the table, right? That is important. The scalability of your business, raising money takes time. There is no, I will put it out there, they will come response to raising money. It takes time to build a network. It takes time to build credibility, right? That's why you start early. Go everywhere, attend everything, see and be seen. You are judged by the company you keep. An advice that I, I heard for many, many years. And sometimes, you know, your friends are your friends, but you can't let them go. But it's true. You are judged by the company you keep. So it's important that you align yourself with the right group of people that will help you get to the places and the spaces you want to be in right? Get good advisors. They will be your best advocates. They will sponsor you. They will speak of your name and your product and your service, even when you're not there. So get good advisors. And like I said a minute ago, be prepared. Always think on your feet, have those um, pitch notes ready. We'll talk, we've talked about pitching, time over time. If you come to our first Friday events, you know that pitching is the number one thing that we talk about when it comes to um, crafting your message. And guys, I want you to know that 
with every business you have, you can absolutely see yourself getting access to funding at every stage of your business, but understanding what stage you're in in your business and what opportunities are out there for you are key to getting access to that funding. So it's not just, I have an idea, I've been doing this business, I think I'm great at it. It's really putting together all of those things that we talked about today and knowing exactly why you are the best thing for your business. Guys, that's all I have for today. I went a little bit over time. I hope that you guys don't mind. If you have any questions, please direct them to me inside of Her Sweet Spot into the community. You can send me a message inside Her Sweet Spot. Send me a message on all social media channels where you know you can find me. But I'd love for you to take this conversation over onto the Her Sweet Spot community newsfeed and uh, let me know what stage you are in for your business, you know, like I end each broadcast. When we empower each other, we all rise. Bye-bye for now.